the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, more like the Hill Droppers. Am I right? Ah, ah. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Changing things up a little bit. We're in the same spot. Daryl Daprich joining us. Uh, you just got back from the game as we are recording this in the Locked On Auburn studios here over in, in Opelika. But Daryl, to me, the biggest takeaway from this win this what forty-one to seventeen win against the Hilltoppers was a strong second half. I feel like we just had this conversation about the basketball team like last night. It's so ironic you said that because that's what I felt like. I was like, I want to see the football team come out in the second half and do what the basketball team has done and get yeah. separation and kind of dominate an opponent that you probably have more depth than Western Kentucky's. No pushover. They're they're a seven-win football team. They'll go to a bowl game. And the way that first half ended. It was just, it was very eerie to, to give up a 14 point lead, make it 17 to three or 17 to 17 to, to tie it up like that. So yeah. I think that Auburn did a great job coming out, playing on emotion and coming out in the second half, belief systems, culture, all that stuff matters. And wow, I mean, I, I felt like Auburn was going to win the game. I felt like a 34 24 type scenario to do what they did in the second half and outscore them 24 to nothing was a really impressive, I think. Yeah, uh, performance at halftime. Well, I, I thought it was going to be closer, or I kind of had a weird feeling about it. And th- th- a lot of people messaged me after the show went up Friday and was like, wait, are you not confident about this game? I'm like, no, I- I'm not. Early in the week when the spread opened at eight and a half, I actually took Western Kentucky plus eight and a half. And then it kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I'm like, okay, Vegas knows something we don't. And then obviously at halftime, that looked pretty good. Yeah. And then I think Western Kentucky had all the momentum. But what Auburn did in the second half is something that, I, I think Auburn fans have been begging for, and whether we like it or not, this year, Western Kentucky and Auburn are more even than we would all like to admit. Mm-hmm. And we've seen when it's been close as far as, you know, like quality, overall quality of a football team, Auburn hasn't looked anything like that in the second half. But you just look at the offense, you look at this defense, and they wanted to win this game. I don't know if it was for their seniors. I don't know if it's because they want to fight for bowl eligibility next week in the Iron Bowl. I don't know if it's for Carnell Williams and the staff or for each other. It doesn't matter. Whatever they played for, they, they played at a, at a level in the second half we have not seen yet I'll this give, year. And I'll give you a good comparison. Think about a San Jose State team in game two. I think if Western Kentucky and San Jose State plays, Western Kentucky beats San Jose State. I uh, think they're a better football they team. They beat the brakes off they of them. They beat the brakes off yeah. of them. Look at how Auburn played in the second half and had to get a Robbie Ashford run around right end to seal that game against San Jose State. Mm-hmm. Did not play well at all really just kind of, you know, got out to a little bit of a lead, but played really ragged, you know, kind of kind of really uh, unequal football in the second half. <clears throat> San Jose State is not the football team Western Kentucky is. They come out against Western Kentucky, again, a team that's won seven games. You know, I know they lost to Indiana. They lost to Troy. They lost to some teams that you can look in, as a measuring stick. Yeah. But Auburn came out in the second half and completely took that game away and stepped on their – when they had a chance to step on their throat, they did. Yeah, And that was the difference. The field goal just go up 20-17 to 17, to me – It didn't feel like enough at the time. It didn't feel like enough, but it, it shifted to me the momentum and the barometer a little bit. I felt something 
And in, in, in that drive, I felt something move a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so after that, they just kind of got separation. They piled on. Look, that offense that Western Kentucky runs is very difficult to defend. It's fun. They did all kinds of that stuff. That quarterback gets the ball out very, very quick. Uh, watching the game live and watching mm -hmm. it from two different perspectives in the upper deck in the first half, second half right on the 20-yard line, lower level, you can see what they run they always get receivers open. There's always an open – and Auburn had a hard time. They had one sack. I mean, they could not get to that kid. I guess his name was Reed. Uh, I believe that was his name, the quarterback. They couldn't get to him. Austin Reed. And, and he got rid of the ball so quick. He was a, kind of a bigger guy. He's not very mobile, but he had a real quick release. I was getting very frustrated he, he, that Auburn He was mobile in the him. sense of, like, he can move in the pocket right. to extend the play. He could. Yeah. And he gets the ball out quick. Uh, a couple of throws were head scratchers. He missed some wide open dudes with overthrows. The Jalen Simpson interception, which I thought was huge, mm -hmm. he missed a wide open guy in a seam route. Uh, but he 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 did what he was supposed to do. And the the middle screen, the call, the middle screen before half was wizardry, man. That was a great call. Yeah, yeah. I I, I looked at my wife. I'm like, that was an incredible play. I'm not even mad about that. Yeah. Two, two sacks. The the last play that Auburn had on defense was a Hayden Bryce That's sack. right. That's right. I was actually um, walking back to the car. And then, the, that was when a backup quarterback was in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then and then Dilla Brooks with the other one. That one was a lot more relevant um, as far as, you know, impacting the game. But still, I, I'm with you. I wanted Marcus Bragg to get a sack against too. his former team. I did and, too. And I think this coaching staff did too. They, they put him in situations to do it. He just couldn't win consistently one-on-one -on -one or he'd get so close and, you know, they'd empty the ball out so fast. But yeah, there, there was a lot of things. I, I want to go back to what you said about, okay, when Auburn was in a situation in the second half to kind of step on their neck, mm -hmm. right, to just finish it. They did it on both sides of the ball, but offensively, how'd they do it? They ran, they ran the, ball. the ball. There were seams there that I started to see in the fourth quarter that I did not see all game. And I noticed that when Robbie Ashford started doing the quarterback runs a little bit, after the play where he ran for 12 yards and got a big first down, the next play, big tank housed it. And mm -hmm. it, there was a seam there on a toss sweep that wasn't there. It looked like Auburn on, on Tank's run. On Tank's run. And it was just – it opened up. I mean, mm -hmm. it was it just – it was running lanes and things opened up. It was completely different. It was right at the end of the third quarter when he scored coming to, to the end that I was sitting. And so, oh, you nice. know, everything looked – muddled and hard even when he got four or five yards in the in the first half it was like oh he had to push the pile a little bit when it was a thing of beauty to see some running lanes and some things open up and maybe that was a case of wearing down an opponent in the second half maybe it was i think schemes. that's what it's supposed to look it's like. supposed to be that way when you're playing a group of five maybe it was schematically will friend did some things different when he started running robbie ashford a little bit more with quarterback runs maybe people started to play wider a little bit and and try to fan out a little bit because they didn't want Robbie to go around the yeah. edge, and then mm -hmm. that created running lanes. But it was beautiful. And, and the pass to Javarius Johnson was a nice pass. He had said Cedric Jackson on the hash mark for a touchdown, too. He was wide open. He had two cho choices to throw the ball. He chose Johnson, got down inside. They had to kick the field goal. That was the field goal that mm -hmm. made it 2017. But they were moving the ball. So there just seemed to be a pendulum swing to me in momentum there. How do you feel about the general use of Robbie Ashford? You mentioned the running. Uh, he had nine rushes for 37 yards, which that's a little skewed with running uh, with quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. But um, 
Uh, I, I love looking at the passing. Jarquez Hunter's there. I love that. That was a Cadillac Williams play too. That he ran to perfection. I guess I, I think against did, Georgia. Did they show that play on the jumbotron? No, the they game? didn't. I just, they, they showed it a million. Like it was all over social media, and and, and they referred to it in the in the TV broadcast. It was, it was, that was that was so poetic. It was that awesome. Happened. I, I think that they're using him efficiently, maybe because his size they don't want to get him banged up and durability thing mm. so maybe they're they're picking their spots and picking their moments on when they run him yeah but i'm going to tell you something again that i that i look at that i think is just so special and people need to understand that it's very rare in this day of college football this is the second game in a row against texas a&m and against western kentucky where both hunter and bigsby went for 100 yards mm-hmm. when you get both your tailbacks to go for 100 like that, those are the days, you know, you can talk about blueprints and template. Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams used to go for 100 yards apiece. When it, those teams that were really, really good in three and in 2004. And you run it that way. That's his, I guess, his system. That's his foundation. That's his belief on how he wants to, to, to move the football. And now both games in a row, two games in a row, he's got two backs over 100 yards. I think that's exciting. All right, so Tank now has 28-45 career rushing yards. He moves up to seventh now. He passed Brent Fullwood. And so, Stephen Davis tonight. Uh, uh, yep, so next is Trey Mason. Trey Mason has 29-79, so he needs about a buck 50. Is that really fair about Trey Mason, though, with 29-79 when you drop 360 in the SEC championship game, remember? It, it is because he had 1,000 on that 2020 team. Exactly. Or that, 20, that 2012 Very team. Very underrated 1,000 yards. And, and, and that was a – Amazing when Gus came back, or Gus came in 2013. He he knew that, and he yeah. said, "I'm gonna have to ride him." And of course, I can't remember what he carried forty something times against Missouri. And that was guys, ridiculous. It was sick. Everybody I mean, said it was video game numbers. I was like, "No, you can't do that in a video yeah. game. That's very no. that's very very hard to do in a video game." I want to talk more about Robbie Ashford in okay. just a second. Uh, but first thing, let's talk about our friends at Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off. You'll want to listen up right now. Locked on Auburn listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Uh, I should have had my Simply Safe uh, system activated. Uh, when Daryl showed up to my house, it would have sent alarms blaring everywhere. It would have uh, it would have thrown you off a little bit. What I you think. want to do when Daryl comes? Uh, I, I think house. so. Yeah. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but be sure to check out our friends at Simply Safe. So don't miss your chance. To save big on the only security system that I recommend, get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Robbie Ashford's situation, Daryl, is so interesting to me because I- I'm not saying that it's time to pull him and put in Holden Gurner. I cannot stress that enough. That is not what I'm saying. But I'd love to know, and I don't have—I I don't deserve to know this, and no one does outside of Robbie and his family and, and I guess the coaching staff and maybe his teammates, but I'd love to know how injured he is. How, how much stuff is he playing through? Because he seems worse than like a month ago, and that doesn't make sense. He's fit, the way he throws the ball, accuracy, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. I will tell you this. I was watching. Is that a fair take? It is a fair okay. take. And I was paying close attention in warm-ups to Lindsey, Gurner, and Ashford in the end zone where they were throwing the ball out of the end zone in warm-ups. And first of all, I know it's just warm-ups, but Holden Gurner can spin it. I mean, I just – I watched that kid throw the football, and I'm like, it just comes out of his hands. His so release nice. in A-Day. Exactly. Like, it's just – it looks easier 
him throwing a football looks easier than everybody else. But I watched Robbie throw a couple times and start doing this number right here, a little chicken wing action. Oh, yeah? And I watched somebody, don't know who he was, if it was a GA or who, come over to him, reach underneath his jersey, and grab something on his shoulder pads and kind of pull it like that. And Robbie kept doing this. And so he was adjusting something. And I don't know what that thing is. It's like a not a sling, but you know what I mean? What you wear under your shoulder pads is the shoulder harness. Yeah. Some, is what it, some something, kind of like compression. Again, and something. I'm just speculating, but I'm not speculating that I saw a, somebody reach up underneath his jersey yeah. near his shoulder pads and grab something and adjust it. And he, they kept adjusting the shoulder pads. Interesting. And then he was doing this. Mm -hmm. So he was working something out and trying to get something loose, uh, loosened up. The next throw – that he had waffled on him a little bit. He went back over to that whoever that guy was, made him adjust something again, and then every throw after that warm-ups look, look, look good. good. So there is something there, I think, and I think it's a shoulder, and I think we saw the shoulder get hurt in a couple of games, and I think he's playing through it. Yeah, and, and I, I like his upside still. I will always say that about Robbie Ashford. There's just a few things where it's like, and I don't know if this even makes sense to talk about when you're saying he may be hurt because – there was like a, I think it was to, it was to a running back. I think it was to Jarquez. It was like a five yard check down pass on like second and five. And it's like he threw it like two yards over his head. He's yeah. like, from me to you. It's like, what are you doing? The, the, the third and four that absolutely made me, want, made me want to jump off the upper deck and, and plunge to my death, watching a third <laughs> and four, and you have three under intermediary routes wide open, and he goes, they go down the field and he overthrows Johnson to the wrong shoulder by seven yards. And I'm going, you just need four yards there. Oh, Why yeah. are you going deep? You got four yards, a little sit-down route. They were all wide open, mm -hmm. all wide open. I mean, heck, I'd even take a quarterback draw there. And so whatever happened in the second half, Will Friend cleaned some things up. I think adjustments and what they, what well, they the, the saw. Running, the running game got going. Well, I think he I mean, saw, that helps okay, everything. It does. And I think he saw this is how we're going to – beat Western Kentucky. This is how we're going to move the ball in Western Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And they drop, I don't know, from a stat-wise, what, two, 250 something yards rushing, 252. Total, yeah. I'll tell you what, I mean, you're going to win a lot of games. And, and that's, that's going to have to be the strategy and the game plan. You're going to have to live and die with that run game in Tuscaloosa next week. Yeah, I mean, we said that going into the season. Like, this is all about Tank and Jarquez, and they finally gotten it going. I don't know if the, the small changes you made on the offensive line have helped. I don't know if it's Carnell Williams. I, I don't know what it is. But the running game's been better these past few weeks, and so that's encouraging. But Robbie, I, I think Robbie's stats look a little bit different, too, if Shedrick Jackson holds on to that football. Oh, yeah. that I mean, that was a nice, that was a nice throw. And, and that was about to be, like, probably the second best play of Shedrick Jackson's Auburn career. Yeah, after the Georgia State game. Yep. Would, that, would that have been gone good for about 50? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was downfield. Yeah, it was, and, and, and the he touch had it, was good. I mean, that, yeah. that may have been the best throw of Robbie's night. You wonder if the kind of situation he has, whatever it is, in injury-wise, I've heard this before, you struggle more with the shorter routes and the mid-range routes than you do just airing it out when you can just let it rip. Mm -hmm. Touch may be a hard time if you're – if you because of the restriction that's put on that shoulder, whatever yeah. he's got up underneath there. So, yeah, I think I think in a, in a different kind of system – again, we talked about this, a quarterback – coach a different system schematically i was sitting with some friends who made a great point they said if there was ever a quarterback that has come through auburn the last five years it would have been great in gus's 2013 2014 offense robbie ashford would have been a nice read option quarterback yeah yeah if he could have been like the guy you know maybe backing up jeremy johnson yeah like it, because it i think he's got the wheels and i think if you're doing read option 
he's going to have running lanes. And, and my, my favorite thing about him is like he's athletic and he's got the wheels and, and you know he played baseball at Oregon and all that. But I like I think he's got the moxie. Oh, he's a tough kid. You know what I mean? He's I, a tough I, He's kid. got that stuff where it's like, I want him on my team. And yeah. so he's just got to pull together what the new – I mean, I think Brian Harshan really liked him, right? And so I'm, I'm curious to see whether it's Lane or, or whoever that comes in next. I'm curious to see how much they like him. I, I think that's a great point when you mentioned that about Brian Harshan liking him because one thing I know that I have piled on and we've talked about a lot of things. How do you feel about Brian Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that one area that I will give him some credit is the guys that he went after in the portal. He did some pretty good evaluations on and have contributed for Auburn. Defensive oh, line play. Most look, of them have been great. Yeah, the, the defensive line guys that he got, the defensive backs that he – DJ James. I mean, he got he's he's a stud. Let's, let's, go, back, Scott. let's go back to last year uh, by Darius Knighton. Yes. That guy yes. was a stud. Donovan Kaufman, if not injured, we'd be making a big impact. So. Yeah. I think that I mean your starting quarterback is a transfer that stepped in, you know, and is all three of them, all top three, three quarterbacks. So he did a pretty good evaluation, mm-hmm. um, I think, on the defensive line. Um, he missed at linebacker. I really thought Asante was going to play and contribute and, and I, give, I, I give wonder, Auburn more. Yeah, I wonder how much <laughs> of that is he had to miss so much, uh, you know, time with his father <laughs> passing away, and you know, I'm sure th- there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. So um, I don't even know if that's about football. Right. You know, I, I don't think that's entirely only Miller from say. West Virginia. Did he miss on in the secondary too from last year? Didn't put, hardly played at all. But other than that, it's really the only one he like missed. Yeah. Morris Joseph, I thought would play more. And I, I don't know if that's just a, a rotation thing or, or what he played a lot more Saturday night, which I think is good. But that may be the biggest miss because Marcus Bragg, they, they knocked that out of the park. Well, he has been big because of depth and mm-hmm. with Marcus Harris doing some things. And if you get anybody dinged up, I mean, he's – Marcus at, Harris, another transfer. I mean, Jason Jones. Stud. I mean, so I, to get, I'll give him credit on some evaluation of, yeah. of transfer guys. Some guys have stuck and some guys have contributed. Yeah, and, and I think they'll – I think most of those guys will be here next year, which is great, assuming, assuming they don't want to leave, which I don't think many of them – I don't know why any of them would. They're all starting for an SEC oh, team. Why would, yeah. why would you leave? So – That'll be uh, that'll be interesting. All right, let's talk about general impact. Okay. The impact of this game, and I also want to highlight a few of these DBs that, sure. that I thought were were awesome. The first things first. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment. I've narrowed it down to two, Daryl. I'm going to allow you to, to have the tiebreaker here. I wonder if it's here. the same two that I have. Uh, tanks run. We haven't even talked about tanks run and the, the pick six. DJ James pick. Because I felt like the game was over before DJ James pick, but that really absolutely sealed the deal. So I will say DJ James pick because he dropped one earlier in the first half. He did, To yeah. come back and get that and get the pick six – was I think why we'll have to give him that as an impact. Yep, uh, I agree with you. DJ James, friend of the program, I'm all about it. This segment has been inspired by the new thrilling designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you, like DJ James pick sixes, in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. I want to talk about these two DBs. Uh, one DJ James, the other Jalen Simpson. Jalen Simpson's move to the inside of the field has been amazing to me him at safety is fascinating i'd love to know why the shift happened 
And we heard in camp, right, both in spring and in fall, how we all these guys were playing different. And so I'm sure he took reps at safety. But with everybody being injured, right, with Donovan Kaufman, Zion Puckett, uh, you got to assume that he's he scooted in because, I mean, he, he's been better than I think what um, what Caden Bridges has brought. No, nothing against Caden Bridges. I didn't just, see him much tonight on the field at he all. He played a little bit. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see how many snaps when the pro football focus numbers come out Sunday. But I think um, – I, I said I've said this ten times on the show. It just blows me away because at corner, when they lined him up ten yards off ball, he wasn't great. That's not how he's supposed to be used. He's a bump and run corner. But at safety, I guess it's because your first step when you're playing safety is forward. I wonder how much of that has to do with it. But he's just been in. He's getting better every week. He's better with the ball in front of him. Yeah, he's a ball hawk with the ball in front of him where he can read where the ball's going and go to the ball. If he's got to turn his head and, and and read the ball that way, he struggled. He struggled in coverage when he had to turn his hips and turn his head to find the ball. Mm-hmm. But when the ball's in front of him and he's he's a ball hawk and he's he, he's he's tracking the ball, he's got two picks that way. He does. And so he, some guys are better going forward and some guys, you know, they struggle going back on the ball. I really love I think I think from a standpoint of it was out of necessity, but I think his future is at safety. How is he not you the starting move, safety next you year? You can't move him back. You have to, especially with DJ James being there, right? I don't think Pritchett's go. Surely Pritchett's I, not I think the clearing. Right? Scott might step up and really have a big role again at corner next year. I, I love that kid. And I, I love his. Tool I, I want him at nickel though. Yeah, that's true. I want I want Keontae at nickel, and then you have Pritchett as the opposite corner. Jaden Rim's been playing really well too. Yeah, where, where I, I was shocked to see Caleb Wooden out there tonight. Got a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. He may have had more snaps than Bridges, and you'll know that That'll be fun when that see. comes out. Yeah. But uh, he he took a really bad angle on a play in the first half that led to a touchdown for Western Kentucky. But he seemed to settle in after that. They're similar players to me, Bridges and Wooden. They're they're similar players. To Just me. experience is the only difference. Bridges has more college football experience. Yeah, I mean, not a ton, no, but but, but more. Yeah. You're right. So I, I think, but Simpson, that's his role, and I mean, you know. When you think about the safety position, and mm-hmm. Donovan Kaufman, we assume's gone, right? I mean, is he a senior? And he's is he from an eligibility standpoint? Oh no, he. Um, okay, well then, there's your there's your starting safeties next year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Kaufman and Simpson. Let's I check. mean, your, your secondary is going to be so experienced next year, and uh, you know the corners and and like we talked about with James and. Yeah, let's see. Where are the DBs? All right, so your, your only senior defensive back right now is Nehemiah Pritchett. Okay. You have juniors, DJ James, Jalen Simpson, and Zion Puckett. Wow. Donovan Kaufman is a redshirt sophomore, according to this. Craig McDonald needs to emerge. We loved him. Remember mm-hmm. the transfer from Iowa State? He hasn't. We haven't even seen him on the field, have we? Marquise Gilbert, Keontae Scott, Kane Bridges, all those guys are sophomores. I mean, this is – yeah. I mean, th- th- this group is going to be the strength of the team next year. I wonder – I'm just it, it, that that's a that might be a one that I could go in the miss category. Of course, it's too soon to say that, but I was a little bit hype and and really really high on on uh, McDonald, McDonald when he came in. I thought he well, was going to be an immediate impact player at safety. Well, and, I, I think they gave him the chance. So he came in so late in the process, right? Yeah. So much he was so late where it, like when he announced that he was coming here, I think I did that next show with, with Charlie Five, and I'm like. How is he still out there? This guy looks great. Yeah. And then he battled injury. I don't think he was healthy at all throughout fall. So like he never really got to 
practice. Maybe he's a guy that to look for next year mm -hmm. that could emerge that was is under the radar right now. Yeah. That that would be I mean, I'm gonna tell you something. You make a good point though, as long as those guys stay and don't transfer out, and a lot of those guys have gotten a lot of minutes and a lot of reps, so there's no reason for them to. I don't know why they would leave. The yeah. secondary could be pretty special next year. And in this day and age of college football, even in the SEC with the with the passing attacks that yep. you have to face week in and week out, I think that separates people. Elite secondaries when you get you to the college football playoff in this day and age. Yeah, you got to rush the passer, and Auburn's going to have to do a total overhaul of that position. So we'll see what it looks like. Dylan Brooks taking some steps late, though, I think is I think is a good sign. I like there. that. He looks good coming off the edge. He really does. Yeah, he's he's going to have to lead that position group. So we'll see what happens there. As far as overall impact, you are fighting for bowl eligibility and a lot more. Obviously, when you go to Tuscaloosa next week. Um, I think the folks that are still pro Carnell taking the job are, are going to use this game to strengthen their argument. Whether you yeah. agree or disagree, that's going to happen. People are going to say that. Um, and just think of the chatter that'll happen if Auburn goes to Tuscaloosa and upsets Alabama. Yeah, it'll it'll be a absolute crescendo of loudness. Of look, he went three and one. He got them bowl eligible. He beat Alabama, Tuscaloosa. But people need to understand that. Just don't don't buy into that. That's not if, well. What's best for the program? If you're Auburn, you got to do everything you can to have a coach before then. I think that's what I think too, and 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 I, I agree 100. And you know, if you read the tea leaves a little bit and hear some things, you don't want that game to happen, and then you're still looking for a coach just in case they go in there and upset Alabama. That would that would change the whole narrative. I, I want somebody, even if it's not released to the media until Monday, I would like somebody at least. From an Auburn perspective, even if the fans and media don't know about it, signed, sealed, and delivered before that game's played. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And also, just a, a, a great win for this senior class to go out. The senior class has been through a bunch, two coach firings. They've mm -hmm. played in, and they, they've stuck through Auburn in this world of college football where you where you leave if you know some of the coaches you like um, are let go or, or leave the program for various reasons. And these guys stuck around. They stuck around through COVID. I mean, this class has been through a bunch of stuff. So uh, I think, the, I mean, several leaders in this class, John Samuel Shanker, Owen Papo, regardless of what you think of his De play this year. Derek Hall. Derek Hall, Colby Wooden. I mean, this has been a great, great senior class. I'm going to lump Brandon Council in there, too, just because he's had to do so much. He really has. Um, he's changed you know, positions. And, and you know, he, he came from Akron. So, like, he wasn't at Auburn his entire career like those other guys were. But. Still, this is a this is a great class. It's been a fun class to talk about these guys for the last several years. Um, I'm glad they got to go out their last uh, their last stint during here with a win. I would love. I think if there's ever an Auburn senior class that deserves to have a bowl trip, it's this one. And unfortunately, you know, I just yeah. hope they do. Now, again, we keep talking about bowl eligibility. As of last night, leaving Jordan Hare Stadium, I was checking some things. There's a lot of teams, my friend, that haven't got to that six-win plateau as far as bowl eligibility. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what happens in that scenario. You start – the bowls can pick five and seven teams. An Auburn team right now, with all the hype and all the publicity under Cadillac and how they're playing and how they're – if you turn out for a Texas A&M game with two, three, and six teams, why would you not travel to a bowl destination to support Cadillac and all the love and passion? So – would, would they accept that? You think they better. You think Auburn would accept? They better. The bowl if they didn't, I would be. I would be upset. I, I think that those kids that have been through this with the firing and what Cadillac has done for those kids, yeah, they would. Even if it was five and seven, and it, you had to kind of revert down to those five and seven teams, 
Absolutely you do. It, you, you owe it to those seniors that have gone through all that and stuck with Auburn. And then you get those extra bowl practices. Why the crap would you not want to? And I would love to see Cadillac coach in a bowl game. Yeah, He's let, earned that. Let whoever the new coach is, like, get out and recruit. Like, yes. all right, Carnell, let me, let me know. I'm going to watch Absolutely. tape later there, There's never been a head coach at Auburn and a senior class at Auburn that deserves a little bowl trip and a little bit of fun and a little bit of something special than this group right here. I'm and I don't you. care if you're five and seven and have to go to, you know, the, the the cure bowl or whatever. Just go. Just go and enjoy that. That, that bottom tier bowl, they would love to have Auburn. See, because they know – the Auburn nation would travel with bells on. First of all, because it looked like there was no chance for Auburn to go to a bowl, something that Auburn fans take for granted and think that's going to happen every year. When it gets ripped away from you, it sucks. When you're not looking at bowl forecasts and your name's not mentioned, it sucks. And so to get to go and show all the love and emotion and support for this team and this coach would be, I think Auburn would come out in droves with bells on. You know, it would be a great, but also ironic bowl destination. And I don't even know if it's still a bowl. The Idaho Potato Bowl. <laughs> Play on that blue field. <laughs> we know some people that would be there. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're in town. I'm yes, sure they're in Boise. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. I, I mean, I think that's the thing about Auburn Nation. You could go just about anywhere in the southeast. You could go to Shreveport, and they would come out, you know, full the Texas Bowl which is one in Fort Worth. There's a lot of bowls that they can't fill their slots with teams that are conference aligned, yeah. that don't have six-win teams, that would take Auburn in a heartbeat because of they, how they travel and what they've seen the last two weeks. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. Daryl, how can people check out everything that you have going on, brother? Well, uh, at DAP6410, uh, you can get me on Twitter, uh, at DAP6410. Also on Monday mornings on WANI with Ben Taylor from – about seven ten to seven thirty, right? And uh, we, we we get to do a little sports segment there and have a really good time. So talking sports, and then obviously our little basketball things. Our next one's Tuesday night. We've, we've got a ton this week. We've got three this week that we're going to try to figure out. Yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday with the boys in Cancun, and then the other one's Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So we'll. Uh, it, it's the holiday season, so we're going to try to make all of those work. We should be able to have shows all three days. We'll see. It, we may we'll not see. be together on some of those. I'm going to be out of town. Yeah, and, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, yep. though. We will do everything we possibly can. We'll be back tomorrow on Locked on Auburn with Lindsey Crosby as he joins us every single Monday. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. This has been Locked on Auburn.